welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm glad that you guys are with us today. Thank you to Indio for putting this on and helping us educate insurance agents everywhere. Uh, the Digital Broker Podcast is one that's based on trying to, to bring the problems that we face on a daily basis to the forefront and kind of dissect those. And Indio, www.useindio.com is a piece of software it's a platform that you can easily take all your forms, put them into one kind of electronic format, send it out to the client, have them fill it out and make that customer experience better. If you don't know about them, you should check them out. I also ask that you go take a look at us on LinkedIn, the Digital Broker Podcast group. We are working on figuring out how to leverage that community effectively, and uh, we sure would love your contribution. Today, we're going to be discussing problematic coverages and nuanced issues in an insurance agency with my pal, my buddy, Melissa Wilder. Hola, how are you? I'm doing well. Melissa's awesome. It's a Saturday today, and so it takes a special kind of insurance nerd to get onto a podcast on a Saturday, but I'm super appreciative, Melissa, and I know that you've never dealt with any of this kind of stuff, right? There, there's yeah. never anything tricky about coverages or insurance agency stuff. Nothing to worry about, right? No, it is so easy. It's a breeze. I never get stressed. I don't even know I'm at work. It's so easy. What, do you remember the first time you hit something that was like scary to you where you had yes. to like, walk me through that. <laughs> it, it was, a, I think it was a common thing. It was much later in my career. Um, it came up with during a, a renewal process switching carriers and when you switch carriers at a renewal I think there's always that possible misunderstanding or estimation by the insured that everything is whoa exactly the same and sometimes that needs to be a deeper delve than what it is it's not just all the same because I mean, that's typically like on, on, I mean, so that's one of the big areas. And I've seen that through a multitude of different situations. If I'm bringing on a new client and that client has existing coverages, obviously, mm -hmm. right? Right. Now, now I've got to go through and make sure that the coverage that they had are adequate and right. there's nothing missing. I mean, so it is... I, I would think that that's a significant area where, because the producer, what, goes out and sells the, the, the account, right. gets the person interested, promises the world, and then it gets dropped into your lap. And I mean, are there specific things that you're looking for? Are there, for, especially yeah. in your segment of business, I mean, are there coverages that you're like, I'm going to that one first to see if they've screwed it up? Definitely, definitely. And, I, and it can happen also, just a note, on renewals as well when switching carriers and those, those areas that we look at are, which seems funny because you're so focused on the larger issues on the property, the building values, the valuation, the deductibles, the, the exposures that you're writing, you know, class codes, those things are pretty typical. It's the kind of smaller, almost smaller sublimits that get lost in the shuffle. Um, as we know, every carrier has their own enhancements per se, per line that they throw in. And people don't really ever look at those until there's a claim and then they realize there's a lot of meat there in those sublimits and enhanced coverages. 
And that's really where you need to start looking at is where in that area are you taking away under property ordinance and law? You know, also the endorsements under GL, do you have abuse and molestation? You know, is assault and battery excluded? Um, a lot of those areas on auto, like hired car, physical damage, hired and unknown, smaller things that, you know, rental reimbursement that an insurer just somewhat always doesn't really think about until a claim occurs. And also additional named insurers. That is a super huge one, um, especially with the litigious society that I reference so often that we have now. Additional named insureds didn't really used to be that big of a deal back in the day. And now it is the one thing that will keep me up at night is are they all named properly? Are they falling under the correct definition? Have we looked at the de definition on the new policy? Is it an ISO policy? You know, it just gets deeper and deeper as you go. And also when you switch at a renewal, you know, the insured's kind of like, well, I assume this is basically the same coverage we have. And even though there may be a new exclusion on the proposal, if you don't really address that, then that can lead to a lot of issues later because you've kind of given the impression that everything is the same. And if there's a new exclusion on there and a claim occurs where that comes up, it could be a really big issue. From a communication and retention standpoint, right? Because Definitely. if it's just like fine print then, right? I mean, because I've really yeah. got to read the fine print of the, the what, a, what, what uh, you know, a Westfield gives me versus an AIG gives me, right? Right. Right. And, and it's not that anybody's fault, really, per se. It's not that the producer isn't his doing his job effectively. You know, just sometimes when you're in a renewal, conversations take a different path. But you really have to have a game plan before you go in there being like, okay, A, have we really, have we had enough time? Because as we all know, quotes come down to probably the last five minutes of the day before it expires. You know, have we really taken the time to look at what we have. We have a better price than the main coverages seen there, but are we looking at the exclusions? Are we looking at these sublimits? Is it really truly a better deal? And how can we communicate that effectively? You're getting a better price, but I do want you to know, say, this ordinance or law coverage is lower on BNC than you had before. And in, in certain risks, especially if it's habitational, you know, and you have mortgages that can really come into play, or if you're more of a, a GL exposure? Do you have, you know, all the correct type of endorsements and sublimits on there? So how does an agency, I mean, okay, so, so throughout time in your experience, you've learned the difference between workers comp and the, the things that need to go with workers comp and GL and the things that need to go with GL. How, how does, I mean, is that, is that something that you are mentored through or does that all come along with your licensure? I mean, when, when, and, and then how do you keep that updated and, and, and refreshed in your mind? I mean, what, do you have a process for that or is it just, no. No. <laughs> I had zero process for that. Um, I graduated with a degree in risk management. And, and luckily, because I was young, when I started in it, and of the opportunities I had at, at the employer I was at at the time, um, our education was paid for in the fact that we could get CICs, ARMs. And I think those are great places to start. But, and also, you know, advancing from that continuing ed is huge. But there are also day-to-day -day things with insurance. It is always changing, no matter how long you've been in the business. There's always something changing. You know, for example, hired non-owned liability 
clients are always asking, do we sign the waiver when we rent the car? Do we not? And there's all these different caveats. Ermi is a great tool. I love Ermi. It can really help in regards to audits, what class code, you know, our bonuses included, is overtime included, per state, and really getting to the nitty gritty. Ermi, I think, is a huge, a huge tool. Um, one of my mentors, Tracy Light, really got me connected with Ermi and using it. And I, I have her to thank for that so much. Also, this is pretty laughable, but Google, Google is great. You know, just sometimes when you're trying to explain those different coverages to an insured, you kind of want a quick and dirty blurb just on a higher level to give them an overview. That's great. Also think your team, you know, your team is something you have to work for continuously. I don't think it happens. It's not an easy lesson for someone who's new in insurance by any means. You see that a lot. They have to have that mentor in their life and, and always those people around them that you can, those resources within a team and then also externally and constantly learning. And do you think, I mean, so like do, do agencies, I guess when we were at Clayton, they would always have like people coming in and uh, training classes and the carriers would offer, always offer stuff. So I guess agents should always be looking for opportunities to learn, to, to leverage the carrier training to bring it in house. I mean, just because it seems like the carriers are super willing to provide that kind of training. Right. And I think that's another great place. And, and thank you for bringing that up is having the carriers come in. Um, to train and especially sometimes some of the best lessons I've, I've received is when I've been visiting with a client regarding a specific coverage, you know, that's coming up that they haven't needed before and bringing the carrier team to get down in the nitty gritty, you know, and then you have those contacts further on. There's a lot of ways to leverage that relationship, not just bringing them in when, you know, to teach the team but also those one-off experiences where you're presenting to a client, you have to keep your eyes open and looking all the time for new ways to learn. Because yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, we talk about technology from a customer experience standpoint in a lot of cases. And I think that the blocking and tackling sometimes, uh, especially from technologists gets missed, right? Because I mean, I don't care how convenient it is to get a hold of you if you tell me the wrong information. Right? <laughs> that one digit can make a difference or that one letter. Yeah, but I mean, there's, it seems like there's a lot of moving, like you said, moving pieces. And I mean, so Ermi is at www.irmi.com. Yes. And what do you, you just go there? You know, you get in there through Vertifor. I should know that it's a star. It's one of my favorites. So I'm sorry, I'm not more. Oh, inside like the Vertifor uh, portal. Yeah. And so you go to Ermi and what you just search for additional insureds or waiver of subrogation. It has all the manuals, all the codes, all the forms, all the ISO forms. It is a plethora of information. You can look at the scopes manual. You can look at um, GL codes. Anything you want to look at by state is there. It is an encyclopedia of every insurance term, form, number. It'll tell you the difference between ISO forms when they put out a new one. And it's a new edition date. You can go in and look at those differences. What was taken off? What was new? Certificates and contracts normally are using outdated language and what they're asking for and how they're asking it because they, they don't know to update it. 
So that's a great tool to go in there and be like, I do not know, you know, how to explain this is outdated language, you know, you know, how the form has changed. It's a great place for that because now everything has changed so much in, in ways to make sure every gap is covered. You have to constantly have a resource be like, okay, if something else changed, you know, is this form still current? And so, I mean, is that something you're working along during the day and you just pop in? I mean, because it's kind of a self-service thing, right? You go is. there first. It's a Google for insurance. That's all it is, is basically Google for insurance. Um, I go into that when I have a client question come up that I can't recall exactly or I'm not familiar with it or I want to get more details and kind of present it in a more succinct way with documents backing it up. I will usually go in there and and pull supporting documentation and, and refresh my knowledge of, of the situation. So that's a good thing to know. I mean, did you see, so you were in habitational and then you went to risk management mm -hmm. and in both of those departments, I mean, are there specific coverages yes. in those niches that cause problems? Oh. oh, for sure. I mean, definitely. And I think that's part of the value of a niche is things that you, see in large commercial are not the hot buttons in HAB and vice versa. In habitational is very much um, ordinance or law. Um, if there's any margin clauses, if you have extended period of indemnities, you know, agreed value, flood definitions, water definitions, and that's just on the property. You know, in the GL, do you have any abuse and molestation exclusions, um, assault and battery? You have to look specifically for that because those are the hot buttons where problems will come up. Um, additional insurers are very important to have because each location usually has a different named insured entity, almost like a profit center almost that is named. So if one is sold or acquired or refinanced, you have to make sure that that list is staying current across all the policies if it's applicable and not in the definition. You know, large commercial, it can vary more on the on the book I am now more of a of a GL type of situation it's not as much niche oriented as size oriented so you that is more of a constant going okay let me go back and assess this this account to think okay are we getting all our our bases covered you know and then you go through your first year of renewal and then you're like okay I've picked this up too so that's fun that now you've kind of gleaned the knowledge from have and now you're gleaning the knowledge from all these various accounts and large commercial and that's interesting because i wonder how many agencies have identified or have a list of you know niche specific problems that that exist and so you know as as i come into that niche as a person from outside of it i can kind of get an easy to understand hey these are the 20 things that i'm going to always deal with i mean right. that might that might be an effective way to at least start to show the different issues that the each area will have that the account manager and other individuals inside that need to kind of pick up and take and i think i think have handled that well in the way they handled their submissions because we knew what the mortgagees were going to be looking for due to the size of the loans on these properties. So that was included in our submission, almost like a checklist per se. I added a checklist within mine. When I say a checklist, you know, ours were not accord based. They were word based. We 
They were personalized and customized um, to our unit. And in there, it asked for specific forms on specific lines of coverage. And it did have areas where you could say, yes, this is included. If it's not included, there was another, you know, Excel spreadsheet to decide saying, which form are you adding? So yeah, that's, that's what I've seen with have a lot, right? It's just a lot of Excel in, in that, in that space. It is extremely Excel heavy, which I love, but. So how do you see the, you know, as you bring somebody, you, you, you move niches, right? You went from HAB to a large commercial or risk management. Mm-hmm. I mean, was there a long indoctrination process or because of the stuff that you had dealt with in your previous career? Because I, I guess when you take over a book of business, like you said, that first year is pretty rocky because you didn't set the coverages. You didn't, you don't have a fundamental understanding of the policies and all the nuances of the business. I mean, is there an easy way to get up to, as you move into an account like that? Is there an easy, I mean, it just takes time, right? I think it takes time. I would, I would love to say there's an easy way and in, in probably some shops that have all the time and the resources I would think that'd be like finding a unicorn. You know, I just don't see the time that would have the ability to sit down and make that an easy transition. Like the, you're just going to have to start with the proposal and the policy. But that is a key area of E&O risk, right? As I, as I either bring on a new client or as I switch niches, I mean, these areas, if I don't have an innate awareness of some of the issues, I could just overlook it. True, and that's that's very true, and I think that's where the team comes into play. I cannot stress the importance of team, and I mean that from every aspect, from marketing to claims, every every part of the team, because that producer is going to have the knowledge and the history of that account. Um, if there's an AE on the account, they probably have the same. Marketing's probably looked at it before you came over, so sitting in with them and getting a history on the account, listening to how it's marketed, hearing the key points, that that's gonna be your backbone. That and taking some time to look how the policy is written, get familiar with the proposal and kind of get that higher level. But I mean, it's like anything, you're gonna have to take time to to get familiar and, and you better learn on the fly. Yeah, that's the problem, right? I mean, because the time is the thing that we don't have. But it does it does kind of portend to some of the stuff that we've talked about in the past. I mean, a good way maybe is to get the account manager in front of the client. Right? Definitely. Oh, I just, you know, that's my hot button. And I get very <laughs> fired up on that. And, and it's come to my attention that, you know, I am a little different since I, I was a producer previously. I really enjoy that. Not all account managers do, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. If, if your account manager doesn't feel comfortable with that, at least let them come and do the meet and greet and take notes. You are still learning invaluable information and history and tone on those meetings because you can kind of hear what a hot button is to that client that a producer may not pick up on because he's not servicing it every day, but you hear it and you're like, okay, that's a hot button. I can service that client in this way or, oh, I didn't know they had this exposure. Okay, I need to go back and, you know, really reevaluate how the policy is written. I just, because, I just, yeah, because there's this, yeah, right. I mean, because there's legal ramifications long term if you don't, if you don't understand this stuff at the onset. And so, right. 
Yeah, I think I think thinking about how you transfer that uh, and how you bring people in and how you get people up to speed on those nuances of those niches are just it's it's kind of a pain pain in the butt maybe, but if you do that operationally, I think you probably are in a much better place. I would agree. If you do that operationally, um, you are ahead of the game. I think right now with the way insurance is changing. You know, it's really going to have to, everybody's going to have to step up their game. Relationship is important, but also being able to deliver that product in a timely fashion and correctly due to the speed of how everything moves now is vital because your producer is going to be out. You know, do they, have they ever even seen this account manager? Have they ever talked to them? You've, you've got to be a firm team because I think responsiveness and effectiveness, no matter what tools you bring to the table, as long as that insured knows my business is being handled, I think that'll secure a relationship much more than being like, look at this graph. Right. Well, especially if you can bring, you know, those specific, if you're a new f person in that niche and the, the organization that spent the time to bring you up to speed to say, here's some of the key issues that we see here, you know, as you learn it. Because then, then you look like an expert. And I think that, I think it's funny what you said that not all account managers like to go visit clients. Because I think the account manager of the future is extremely client-centric. Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. I think that they're doing video with clients. I think that they're, I mean, and a lot of their stuff is going to be like, I mean, additional in, insured, I don't have, I would have to have somebody explain that to me. And I would way rather have them sit down in a video and walk me through it slow. And the account manager is probably the one that can dumb that down the most effectively when they're talking to the people that matter on the other side. And so I think, you know, like we know, education is key, but it's not just system education. It's not just uh, coverage education. It's difference of niches. It's difference of coverages and which ones can leave you out there and leave you hanging the most. And so I think, I think key takeaways today are, you know, if you can do everything you can operationally to have lists of uh, key areas that you might face in a niche, I think if you can leverage a tool like ERMI for those that didn't know about ERMI or are not in it all the time. And then obviously, like you said, Melissa, Google using that as a tool to help uh, accelerate and move past problem areas. And then probably the largest and most impactful is having a trusting team around you that you can lean on and not feel bad for going to ask for help with. And a mentor. I really think in that a mentor is huge. It's a way to pass that knowledge and experience down. I think other industries really utilize that more to their, to their benefit. I don't see it as much as insurance, but I would really plead with any account manager or anybody in insurance, find a good mentor. I agree with that completely. I mean, I think that in life, right there, there, you're always going to see people that are where you want to be and people are always going to look at you and you're going to be someone that they, in some place that they want to be. And so not only can we ask for help, but we can give help at any level, at any position that we are in if we're just open-minded enough to look around and see who's really, who needs it. Not everybody's great at asking for it, but I think that if you all, you know, most people are totally honored and touched if they say, Hey, I'd really like your advice on this or that. And so, and I think that, you know, agent, we've seen agencies that have 
had a resource like like you said tracy tracy was a great resource from a mentorship perspective where she had people in her office all the time because she was kind of the top of the mountain about the insurance stuff it would keep a account managers and producers out of trouble by having a tracy white yes she was a huge security blanket literally a security blanket Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate your time today, Melissa. Listeners, I, I hope you took some good stuff away from this. You know, I hope you can help your account management staff uh, be more successful. And I, I hope that you have lists of things that are challenging to those niches. Um, and I hope you provide the tools and resources to help your staff be successful in those areas. So thanks. We for would listening. love to hear from you, account managers. Please reach out. Let me know what you think. I want to hear from other, you know, jump in on the LinkedIn. Give us some feedback. That's right. So the LinkedIn group is the Digital Broker Podcast. Uh, Get in there and uh, you can always hit Melissa up on LinkedIn. You can always hit me up on LinkedIn. And another shout out to Indio. Thank you very much. www.useindio. And we'll talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and eno free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com/podcast. That's www.useindio.com/podcast.